Welcome, Lydia, to the Full Circle podcast, Finding Your Way Home. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm um, I'm excited for this conversation. Also very nervous, so, uh, <laughs> but looking forward to it. Try not to be nervous. Yeah. Let's see how we get on, but I'm sure it'd be lovely. I'm looking forward to the conversation Thank too. You. I'm very interested for you to share your story with us, actually, and our listeners. So why don't you just do an introduction to yourself and tell us a little bit more around what you're doing at the moment, and then maybe we can rewind a little bit mm-hmm. and we can share some of your, your backstory and what's led you to where you are today. How does that sound? Perfect, yeah. Awesome. yeah. So... I'm Lydia. Um, until recently, I would say that I was a professional rugby player. So um, I played for Worcester and I played for England um, for around over 10 years. So it'd been a huge part of my life. Um, and these last couple of months, I've started um, getting used to the fact that that isn't the, my reality at the moment anymore. I'm transitioning out of being a full-time athlete into um exploring what i am out of that um and using all the amazing um moments and qualities and sort of experience i've had from being a professional rugby player into now a career where i'm really excited to kind of work with people again um being an athlete's amazing but it is quite a insular quite a selfish occupation at times where you're very focused inwards and actually i'm really looking forward to getting out there and working with people. So you're still in that kind of transitional space at the moment. So tell me, how does that feel being, being, obviously we can talk about much more about being an athlete shortly, but, but just in terms of not having that now as your purpose, if that's okay Mm -hmm. to say that. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's that conversation that people have, like when I grow up, I want to (laughs) be, and I'm like, Oh, (laughs) I didn't expect to be having that at 31. Um, But actually, I have days where I really wish I had some clarity and I wish I knew exactly what I wanted, but kind of really enjoying this journey of growing and and learning and doing courses. I'm being inspired by so many different people and actually being a bit of a sponge and and just following my gut a bit more, like what what does interest me? Where are the opportunities lying? And um been a lot kinder with myself of it's okay not to have a plan because I think it is really hard sometimes when you're around a group of people and you introduce yourself and it's quite nice to have an identity or what do you do exactly (laughs) a label because then people can kind of get you and understand whereas I'm like I'm Lydia and I'm lost and looking for something um, (laughs) that's purposeful and meaningful and and yeah I guess that's kind of that's okay I think I'm being kinder to myself now of going, actually, I am so lucky that I'm giving myself this time. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, learning to to explore what what do I want to define myself as. So what was it like then being a professional athlete? Um, <laughs> I suppose uh, I'm obviously a woman and I was a professional athlete in a very male dominated sport, rugby. Yeah. So when I was growing up, that wasn't really a career option. Um, I didn't even know really women played rugby. I just loved it as a child running around with a ball in the mud. It was just so freeing. Um, and yeah, just did it for fun. And as I got a bit better and opportunities kind of came my way, I realized that you could take this quite far. Um, like I went to watch England women play and I just loved the athleticism Mm -hmm. and and these powerful women doing things that I just wished I could do um and 
as opportunities came, um, there's the introduction into full-time contracts where you got to call rugby a job, which was just incredible. And I was so, so lucky to have one of those for yeah. quite a few years. Um, so yeah, being a professional athlete, I guess it is a real privilege in many ways. You get to focus on yourself, grow yourself physically, mentally, um, get to travel. And I think the best thing is you're just surrounded by a group of very inspiring people. Mm -hmm. Like I've been part of a team that like have pushed me, challenged me, have inspired me, helped me grow. And I've got some amazing friends, you know, I'd, all, I'd say all of them are incredible friends and I feel so lucky to have shared so much of my life with them. Mm -hmm. So tell me though, because I'm assuming sometimes all those amazing things, they sound fantastic, but I would imagine at times it can be quite hard going and quite challenging as well. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, definitely. I think you are very lucky to be in that role, but also you're very like um, replaceable, I guess, in a way. Um, you're really lucky to have one of the contracts, but like there's only 30 to play, to be a full-time rugby player in England. Um, and there's a few more around the world, but that's really tough to hold a job for that many years. Um, that's that competitive. So there's only 30 people, 30 women. Mm -hmm. That can call themselves professional rugby wow. players. Mm -hmm. There's slowly contracts are coming up at club level, but, um, but obviously there's no certainty, there's mm -hmm. no stability in those jobs. Um, and you are, you know, as long as you're performing and you're, you're at the top of your game, it's great, but there's no real room for sort of mistakes in that. So it's very high performance led. Um, and you're constantly looking at how can I get better? So you're never really stopping to focus on, oh, I did that well. It's always like, well, I need to improve this. I need to, like, what gains can I make? So you're constantly looking at yourself sort of from a, a mindset of, I'm not good enough. What do I need to do to, to stay mm -hmm. at the top? Um, so I think they, those can be the hardest times when you kind of don't kind of appreciate where you currently are and you're constantly looking at how can I improve? Where yeah. do I need to make some like changes happen? Yeah. So how was that for you? Because obviously that's 10 years. So that was obviously a, a lot younger. Um, so how, how, you know, when you first came into the game and first started to play more professionally, how, what, what was going on for you in that time? I suppose you go from a sport that you love and you do because of the joy of it. And um, you do quite instinctively. Um, it's quite a natural uh, rugby player I didn't really understand the technical tactical side of the game I just you know caught the ball and ran um, <laughs> I don't think much changed during that time but um, it was very much for the joy of the sport mm -hmm. then suddenly getting put into um, programs where you're compared to other girls you're compared to what the expectations are you're looking at yourself not just as like oh okay I am good and uh, you know enjoying kind of where you're at you're looking at oh I need to make all these improvements mm -hmm. um, I'm suddenly you know not good enough and you're measuring yourself constantly um, every kind of profession around you is always measuring you which is kind of part of the sport but you know the coach is always trying to push you to get better your S&Cs have got goals for you to achieve um, you've got weight targets and um, strength targets and you're constantly measuring yourself against where I was where I need to get to and then against your, the, your teammates who are also your competition but are also your friends as well yeah it's exactly. quite bit bizarre isn't it really yeah. having that contradiction in many ways so that feels quite heavy yeah I think going from probably very unprepared for that um I kind of got habits uh, 
kind of worked in the short term. So, um, so I've been really hard on myself, been really critical, um, like never feeling good enough. So then always working really hard to see how I can make those improvements and think I got really strong. So I went after weight targets, I got quite low body fat. Like I went after things that I thought, okay, they look good on paper, but actually like um, how I was performing and how I was feeling was long-term, I wasn't where I wanted to be. And, um, but I didn't really have the tools to know how to, how to bridge that gap really mm -hmm. between um, being a happy, healthy rugby player versus quite a stressed and burnt out rugby player. And is that what you describe yourself would have been as a stressed and burnt out rugby player? Definitely. And I think it was in pursuit. I thought if this will work in pursuit of getting to a goal. So like I was really lucky at the age of 21 to go to my first Rugby World Cup. And I think like it just showed me that what I was doing was kind of working. Mm -hmm. um, and then... So what were you doing at that time then? I suppose it was really nice because I did... I was also getting introduced to tools that were helping so it was yeah. a bit of balance of I was um very hard on myself and very critical on myself and never felt good enough but then also I had an amazing physiotherapist who came into my life who kind of started like introducing me into actually being appreciative of my body and being grateful for what mm -hmm. I was achieving and also to kind of let go of this perfectionism because I think sometimes when you're pursuing perfectionism you then really struggle with making mistakes and mm. the fear of failure and then actually I stopped pushing myself to grow I stopped in training sessions wanting to make mistakes I kind of hold back and do the things I knew I'd get the probability was higher of me achieving rather than having a go and just making some mistakes um, and she kind of I should never have really have gone to the 2014 Rugby World Cup because there was an incredible amount of players that were, uh, you know, as good as me, if not better, to be honest, mm -hmm. who should have gone. But the last couple of months leading into that World Cup with the physio with my physiotherapist's help, I just kind of started going, well, I might not go, so let's have a go. Let's, you know, go for the high balls, like do the challenging things, take on uh, players, um, with a bit more like openness to mm -hmm. it potentially going wrong. And it kind of lit a little fire in me. And um, it was amazing to see my name down on that team sheet because it kind of did also prove to me that letting go of the perfectionism and just making mistakes in pursuit of getting to your goal worked. Mm -hmm. But at the other side, I was also really trying to stay within the the within the boundaries of what I felt like the coaches, the S&Cs, what people expected of me. So I was kind of balanced between trying to be this player that I wasn't sure if I ever could be or wanted to be versus a bit of freedom and a bit of me within that. So how do you navigate that then? Yeah, I think that's, I wish I had the clear cut answer. And I think sometimes it's very, um, especially in like a team sport, obviously you need to be part of the team. Mm -hmm. And there's a bit of you that you have to, um, there has to be that conformism. You can't be too rogue, but then there also needs to be that part of you, that individual bit that got you selected in the first place. That yeah, your unique Exactly, your what you bring yeah. mm -hmm. that other people don't bring. So I've constantly had that little battle, I think. I don't think I've always got it right. I've sometimes gone too far into trying to be something I'm not and then too far the other way where I don't really fit into the um, overall vision of the team. 
Right. And again, that must have been quite tricky then, right? To have those that dichotomy between the, the differences. Definitely. I think um, part of me looking back wishes I could have got the balance right and fit in and I'd have made every selection because obviously it's amazing what I have achieved but I've also not been selected for many um, um, tournaments and, mm. and many teams so part of me is like oh should I have tried harder to have fit in or, or do something different but then there is a part of me that's learned so much through actually being the captain of my own ship and, and mm. uh, taking accountability of my body and my mind and seeking sort of other people's support and help. It's taken yeah. on an amazing journey and I definitely wouldn't be sitting here today talking about what I have done if I hadn't had, had that those, part of yeah. me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, amazing. So obviously you went through that tenure and, and obviously it feels like there was some really good moments. There's a few challenges along the way, but actually working with that, like you said, that good support through the physiotherapist meant that you could start to see things in a in a different way. And then how did that go then for the rest of your sporting career? Um, yeah, I think it's sometimes really easy, I think, to be kind of black or white. It was really good. It was yeah. really bad. Mm -hmm. Actually, it was really colourful. Like there was lots of highs. I think looking back, actually, a lot of my highs do rotate around sharing those moments with people yeah. and connecting with people. I think that's an incredible opportunity to, to be part of a team. Um, it's also about the growth that I've experienced, the, the people that have helped me grow. Um, and like me and my partner, Tom, we've worked on my, like on me and my movement, my mind, all the skills we've kind of, um, I've kind of learned along the way. Mm -hmm. We've worked on that and I've loved that journey that we shared together. But um, I think kind of then obviously there's the lows are the, that it really you do really care I think when you you really go after something with mm -hmm. like passion and love and then it doesn't work out it really hurts and I think it's being that vulnerable can be tough at times mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and did you feel like throughout the your time as an athlete that you were able to be vulnerable yeah I think that's a really interesting question I think there was times where I didn't feel safe at all to be vulnerable and I kind of put on a very like guarded front and mm. um yeah and I think you don't sometimes necessarily realize you are or you feel like you have to like mm. to get through um so I think my vulnerability hasn't always been there and I think um when you do you and you're vulnerable it's amazing and you get to like know that you're mm -hmm. living to your true self but sometimes just not safe enough or you just don't feel like you've got the skills or you're not in the right environment to be that vulnerable self. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. So how do you deal with then, and, and this might be useful just for anybody listening, because I don't think it needs to necessarily be in a sporting context, but those statements that have used around, you know, not being worthy, how, how do you deal with that? How yeah. do you tackle that? <laughs> I wish I had the straightforward answer, but <laughs> I think it's, there's something within us all that's our beautiful human connection is mm -hmm. none of us feel we all have thoughts and feelings that come up and they might be I'm not good enough I'm not worthy I'm yeah. unlovable and they come and go and I guess for me a lot of the time it has been firstly normalizing that, that that's mm -hmm. part of being human 
being kind with myself that they will come and go, especially when you're out of your comfort zone and you're being challenged, um, especially when you're on the pursuit of something that really matters. I think it would be lovely to take away, like for me, I'm not good enough. But on the other side of that is the fact that I really do care. And I Mm -hmm. really, that unlovable part of me is because I do want to love and I really want to, you know, in when we have a relationship, there's always that risk that it might not work out. Mm -hmm. But when we, I think, appreciate that on pursuit of doing something that matters, thoughts, feelings, emotions will come up. Yeah. I think the way I've, I've worked with it is like on a practical way is you sort of meditations, acknowledging, having strategies when they do come up to recognize it, to ground yourself, to be kind with yourself. I journal a lot. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes you don't even realize where you're getting pushed and pulled during the day. But mm-hmm. when you sit down, journal, reflect, um, that can really help create some clarity. Um, but I think it's a whole journey. Yeah. And it's interesting because I know that there was a critical point in your professional career. Do you feel comfortable sharing that yeah. around, yeah, what happened? Maybe it might be quite nice just to give us a bit of background around that. Yeah, I just, I guess it's... Um, it's not a rugby podcast, so to put context <laughs> to it all, um, kind of, I guess, sort of the pinnacle of playing for your country is to go to a World Cup in many ways. Like um, initially for me, it was just getting one cap for England was amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then to get to my third World uh, third Rugby World Cup was incredible. It was out in New Zealand and it was um, November 2022. So it was a huge part of my career. Um, it got pushed back because mm-hmm. of COVID and things like that. I'd had to have an operation, elbow operation in that time. So it felt like such a, a big achievement to go. Um, and it was really tough. Like the the competition to get to a Rugby World Cup final is huge. We play against some incredible international teams. Um, and I wasn't sure if I was getting selected because obviously you go with an incredible group of players um, and any one of them could pull on an England shirt. So um, as well as the players that don't even make that team, I think I kind of put it in perspective. And, you know, we, I think the thing with being a professional is being a professional athlete is you can't always be on form. So luckily I was okay, I was on form. I got selected, it was incredible. Got to a Rugby World Cup final against New Zealand in New Zealand. So it's a huge match. Mm. Um, If anyone knows anything about rivalries and rugby, England, New Zealand, um, especially in the women's game, it's a huge rivalry. Um, And And no doubt they do all the hacker and stuff and things to intimidate even more. Mm -hmm. And the crowd was very much New Zealand, um, (laughs) which is brilliant. And it was an incredible crowd. So many um, young girls out there, families um, and yeah, incredible atmosphere. So just to be stepping on that pitch was a huge achievement, which I have to keep put into context. Um, But unfortunately, I uh, gave away a red card and I guess a red card in in rugby sense is like your game's ended. And because of that, your your team also goes down to one one less player. Like Mm -hmm. I get taken and removed off the pitch and then the team has to play with one less player for the whole game. So there's multiple um, uh, moments in that that really, I guess, yeah, hurt in many ways mm. because I hate letting people down. Like I hate the thought of my team having to suffer because of my mistake, really hurt. Um, 
in the red card incident, I actually injured a player like completely accidentally, but like the whole persona, the person I, I am is about being kind and loving mm -hmm. and the thought of injuring someone and she also couldn't continue with the match because she was also injured. So that had another layer of hurt. And I guess it's also then the hugeness of the occasion. Like yeah. it was amazing that we got to World Cup final, but we actually lost. So we got silver. So you feel like you've let down like your country, <laughs> all the support. And then it's when you see your family as well. Like my family have flown out to New Zealand, which is incredible. My um, parents actually hadn't flown past Europe. Uh, so to go to the other side of the world to play, watch me play rugby was amazing. But yeah, the seeing them feeling the shame and feeling like I'd let so many people down was just, yeah. So what was it? What, yeah, I was going to say, because it feels, I can feel the emotion there, but how, what happened then? How did, I mean, how did that feel for you? Oh gosh, like, um, I still find it hard to talk about it because um, I think like when the initial incident happened, it was almost like I just, my soul left my body and it was like a complete protective strategy. I was almost not present anymore. Mm -hmm. And I just went through the motions and I sat there and it was hor horrible. Um, and then when the whistle went and it was like, we've lost, I just couldn't start crying. And I think it was like almost crying for 12 hours, just constantly crying. I think that was my body just shed in this emotional mm -hmm. turmoil. Um, so yeah, it was so painful. I think there was just so many times and I have to put this into context. It's a game of rugby and like, I know, I know so much, there's so much, um, <laughs> I'm so lucky that that caused me so much pain in many ways, yeah. but it hurt so much at the time because of what I built it up to be yeah. and everything that mattered me mattered to me and the person I wanted to be had just gone into like huge question and to be honest I just didn't think anyone would be able to look at me again um because I couldn't look at myself making such a big mistake and I just couldn't believe that anyone would want to be associated with me that anyone would be yeah able to kind of look mm -hmm. at me mm -hmm. that's really harder <laughs> I think so I think yeah I think so yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah I I just yeah I guess that's like a huge kind of feeling of shame and just, um, yeah. I think that's quite difficult actually from what you're saying, just to be even just carrying all that responsibility. And yes, it's only a game of rugby, yeah. but beyond that, it means so much, right? Not just to Definitely. you, but to the country and to <laughs> your colleagues and everything. And also everything that you've been working towards for all those years and keep, Absolutely. you know, to, to be able to have that opportunity to, 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 to represent the country in that way. So, so, did you make, you know, what, what was you scared of what people would say, your team members? What what was, what was, I mean, obviously you said they had this like out of body experience, but what once all that just settled, obviously there's shame there, like you've said, and there's obviously a lot of pain and upset there. What else is going through your mind? Oh gosh. Um, well, it was kind of the opposite. Like I think initially, like I really wanted to check the player that was injured was okay. That was hugely on my mind. I wanted to check the cage was, which was just the biggest relief from her kind of, yeah, blaming myself for injuring her. And then it was just the opposite to what I expected, how people received so me. what did you expect? I think I expected people to completely blame me and I wouldn't have blamed them if they've like losing the game was my fault. I would have been like, yeah, I agree. And I think that's a, 
whole thing of it all was the people's reaction. And I think it's definitely made me uh, realize like, we all make mistakes. We all, you know, we, we, as much as we try and protect ourselves and protect the people around us, at times mistakes will happen. And just the the love that people showed me was just incredible. Um, yeah, completely not what I expected. I think that when you think I need to be good, I need to be a good child, I need to be a good daughter, I need to be a good rugby player, I need to be perfect. I was like a huge perfectionist when that gets smashed and people still like you, it's a very surreal experience. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the love and completely unexpected. I was, I would have, I think if people had been horrid to me, I would have kind of been like, yeah, I get it. So to have the opposite happen was just, yeah. Because sometimes it's got that, that reverse effect, yeah. doesn't it? It's kind of it's the reverse psychology, whatever it is. But but yeah, you think that it's maybe better to be treated horribly yeah. oh, than definitely. actually to be treated with kindness and, and 100%. care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I expected people to treat me horribly because I was horrid to myself. Like I hated myself inside for doing that. So kind of I wasn't prepared for the love and the kindness. And then with that kind of... Um, people started opening up a lot around me, which was really, really kind. Like, you know, people I'd never really seen that side of started telling me of all their mistakes and mm. failures mm -hmm. or the, the moments in life that they wake up at night and and it keeps them up or their regrets. And I think it kind of, it was really, really kind of people to do that. Um, and just that kind of connection we have as humans of, we're not perfect as much as we'd like to be and on the pursuit of living a life that's matters to us mistakes happen and um yeah I think it almost I just get stopped in the street and people like I've only just passed and amazingly with the growth of the of women's rugby has meant there's been a lot more of an audience yeah. that have watched so I couldn't just go home and like pretend it hadn't happened. Um, my neighbors knew, people on the street knew, everywhere I went, there was someone that would recognize me. Yeah. But then we'd have such a lovely conversation. And um, yeah, that was just completely unexpected. So how have you, or have you managed to let that go? Yeah, I think it's, it's I'm still on a journey with it. Um, I, do, I do think time is an amazing healer. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I spoke to, so many people have been so amazing. And I think that is in the first couple of weeks, I didn't want to let people in. Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of um, punish myself, I guess. I felt, you know, unlovable, everything. I felt completely blamed, like I was to blame. And, but actually letting people in was a huge part of my healing journey. Um, and talking to people who've been in situations where, they have made mistakes, have had huge implications and talking about their healing journey and how um, one person described it as sort of circles that slowly get bigger and there will be points in their life where it kind of hits them, but then the days between those points get longer. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of really helped. Um, and I think like I have also just kind of, trusted learn to trust myself again and and that is something that I've really struggled with um but came out to Mallorca to start my coaching mm -hmm. course mm -hmm. which again was another 
I think through the red card made me appreciate how much I love working with people, how much I want other people to feel like there's someone there for them. Um, And then coming out to Mallorca and, you know, I wasn't really sure if it was the right thing to do. I I wasn't really sure if I'd be a good coach, if I had the skills to be a good coach. And that week kind of really letting go and learning more about myself with an incredibly inspiring group of people and starting to trust that I am on a journey towards being the person I want to be. Yeah, and do you know who that person is? <laughs> That's a bit of a mean question to ask. Come on, Lydia, who do you want to be? Yeah. But, you know, I'm kind of thinking about, because it's, I can see that that even that pain and that kind of there's still emotion there and I can see that that's still something you are processing and it, it feels like that's going to take some time to work through mm. your system and, and, and maybe for you to be able to digest that fully and let it go. But you've already started that journey. So so when you think about Lydia in the future, what does, what does she look like? I think that's a really, <laughs> it's a good question um, because I'm trying to learn a bit more about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do I really want to do? And um, that trust in that gut, trusting what feels good, what, mm-hmm. what do I want to do? Um, but I know I just want to create a safe space for people to explore who they are, um, to learn to love themselves, love their body. Um, you know, being a rugby player, I see my body as like, Yes, amazing, but also something I need to constantly work on. It's almost been a chore, like, oh, it's never good enough. And actually just being so grateful for what it's it's enabled me to do and to look after it. So I kind of want to create that for other people mm-hmm. um, and where they feel like then they deserve to go out there and live amazing lives. Like mm-hmm. I genuinely think it makes me sad that people hold back and they, they kind of live a life that isn't theirs. And um, so, yeah, I'm on the path there, how that looks and how I engage with people I'm still exploring. But um, I know this this true me is working with people. Lovely. And so there's a few things that you said, like, you know, I'm not worthy, um, I'm not good enough, um, and I'm unlovable. And I wondered how you feel now about those three statements. I think when I hear them back, I hear like, I, I I kind of have a bit of gratitude for them because they mm-hmm. in some ways got me out of bed and got me a bit of fire in my belly to go and go yeah, I'm mm-hmm. gonna go and be this amazing rugby player, which they were helpful tools at the time because I didn't have many and they were motivations. So I have to kind of thank them for being there mm-hmm. and for what they've done. But also now I kind of don't need them as much. I don't need yeah. them, I can, I can acknowledge that actually I can love myself. I am worthy of love and I am good enough. <laughs> um, wanting to grow and wanting to uh, go on courses and get knowledge and read books and be inspired, that's coming from a place of real curiosity mm-hmm. and real value and um, a want within me, not because I don't feel good enough, but because I want to, to, to pursue um, learning and growth. Um, so I can kind of now hold them very lightly. Nice. Like when they come mm-hmm. up, I kind of can see them rising. I kind of become a bit more erratic and I say yes to everything and I fill my diary with stuff when I'm being guided by them rather than kind of give myself that space and kindness mm-hmm. to um, to sit with something and go, yeah, this mm-hmm. feels right or this doesn't feel right and say no to something. Yeah. 
So if our listeners are sitting there and perhaps they maybe have said to themselves, like I have on and off throughout my life, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm unlovable or, you know, whatever it might be, whatever phrase it might be for them, what advice would you give them? The fact that they've acknowledged it to start with is huge. I think they're easy to just guide. I used mm -hmm. to think, I used to get out of bed and almost get into the rapids of life and then get out of bed, mm -hmm. like get back into bed at the end of the day, like, oh. Um, acknowledging them is a huge part, I think, of kind of taking ownership of your day. And then I think talking to people is huge. I think mm -hmm. it's amazing once you start being a bit more vulnerable and, and speaking to people in a safe place like yeah. um they realize they have exactly the same thoughts of self-doubt and imposter syndrome and not feeling good enough and um and then kind of looking for the tools that work for you I don't think everyone you, it's not one blanket like if you meditate five times yeah. a day that would work it's kind of being kind with yourself to work out what are the tools that help you and guide you and start to give yourself that time to listen to well, what do I want to do if I am good and if I, mm -hmm. and I am worthy and I am lovable well what do I want to do then and mm -hmm. kind of so that those being the guides and the motivations actually if you've got all that where do I go next yeah but but I think what's interesting as well is and I think those are great ideas and, and definitely great tips to share and um, I think will definitely be useful but I think also what struck me is that it is a journey mm -hmm. and I, of course, it's the, there's a it's a mindset as well, and I suppose that the more you talk negative towards yourself, then the more that's what you believe you become. Mm -hmm. um, so, a sense it's kind of like trying to change the story a little bit and to try and change the narrative. And, and what I'm also hearing is actually to to recognise through that compassionate voice or through that kindness that there are things that you're doing well. Mm. There are things Definitely. that, okay, hey, look, I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm doing this. So is it more also about inviting that recognition in and that acceptance, as you've said, and appreciation that, you know, I'm actually doing all right. It I might not be do. perfect, yeah. but I'm actually doing all right. I think we don't acknowledge that enough mm -hmm. sometimes. That, like I've, I've got to this point and that's perfect where I am now, yeah. mm -hmm. um, but I am on a journey and um, I totally agree. You've, You've said it much more concisely than me. But yeah, I think they're really lovely points. And I think I would love to be sitting here saying, I've got it sussed. This is the answer, guys. But I'm still on my journey. And um, But in many ways, that's quite exciting though, right? I exactly. mean, you know, you're in a position now where you can maybe just slow down a little bit and and because it feels from the, the the career as an athlete, it's very routine it's very regimented. It's There's a huge amount of pressure. So you take the pressure off a little bit. You give yourself that moment, that pause to breathe, that... Who knows what's going to come out of this space next? Exactly. It almost feels very, yeah, nerve wracking because it's so different. Mm -hmm. um, I've taken that structure and that calendar and that, like I had a, my year mapped out for me yeah. into now I had, I need to pick what I do with my day. Yeah. And what and my that's quite interesting, like. isn't it? So, so as you move forward then, what are you, what are the things that you're taking with you in your backpack? A lot of what I've achieved is because I've let other people in and I don't, I'm definitely not um, a self-made athlete. I've had so much love, kindness and support. And I think um, acknowledging how important that is. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, I've had to go out there and I've had to go on the pitch and I've I got to own a lot of what I have achieved, but 
there's been so many amazing people in my life that have seen mm. that within me and I'm definitely taking that forward is it's so nice to connect with people to learn from people to have mentors um people that can kind of just shine a light on things um and point you in the right direction so I'm definitely taking that for uh with me I think also that I would never believe like if you'd sat down with 15 year old me 20 year old me what I've been able to do in the last 10 15 years and I think sometimes we judge ourselves on our what we've done in the last week is like oh gosh like for me I was like oh I could have been much more productive in October <laughs> but actually give myself time mm -hmm. um and you can achieve quite a lot if you give yourself time yeah. uh, and also sometimes if you're after this goal or after this feeling of oh I'll be happy when you'll yeah. just be constantly striving for something it's happening right now mm -hmm. and I think once I've started to enjoy the journey yeah a lot more because I don't really know what the goal is so I've got to enjoy the journey it's actually a really nice place to be. Um, the conversations I get to have with people, the beautiful moments I have, and what my dog, they're mm -hmm. actually so special. And uh, I don't want to take those for granted. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So when you think about, you know, your wellness journey, because obviously it has been, there's been the physical side, there's the, there's the emotional side, the, the, the mental side, even the spiritual side now, the sense of letting go and stuff. I mean, um, how what would you say are the most important components to a a healthy balanced life i guess it's knowing what that means to you is yeah. really important uh checking in with who am i what are my values what do i want to stand for and then i think appreciating that there is that balance mm -hmm. like a lot of the time i'm like quite a I love going to the gym, I love pushing my body, I love learning, I love growing, I do love doing courses. But there also needs to be that love and kindness and that yeah. giving back, that connecting back with my body, breathing, laughing, having great conversations with people and just giving back to my body, um, restoring my energy. So I think there's that, that beautiful balance that we tip too far one way yeah. or the other. And sometimes we, that's how we learn. Yeah. where our sweet spot is um and i think that's been a huge part of my journey um and being okay that sometimes you go down a path and it turns out it's not the right path for you yeah. but through going that way the things you'll have learned the places mm -hmm. it'll have taken you and what you've learned about yourself sometimes can be just as insightful and helpful as having the right path from mm -hmm. day, from day one. yeah yeah amazing Fantastic. Thank you so much. So if people want to find out more about you and how they can get hold of you, where can they do that? So I'm still growing my business and what that looks like, but I've kind of gone along the lines of it's called Live Your Day. And Live Your Day. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And that's your website, is it? Yes. And I'm Lydia. So yeah. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. We'll send all the details oh. with everybody and everything. So once we've got your, your www.liveyourday.com. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been an amazing conversation. I'm really grateful for all your honesty and, and sharing your vulnerabilities as well with us uh, today. So thank you so much, Lydia. It's been awesome. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. You're welcome. Well, what a fantastic conversation with Lydia. I'm so inspired by her journey and the ups and downs and the trials and tribulations that 
becoming and sustaining being a professional athlete can lead to. And those questions and those thoughts or those mindsets of I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm unlovable, and how frequent those can show up in our everyday life, not just being as a professional athlete. What struck me about this conversation in particular, and it and it's great because it kind of draws this whole season of the Full Circle podcast to a close, is that it's okay to not know where you're going next. Wellness is about self-care. It's about listening to yourself, understanding your body, your mind, your emotions, and even your spirituality in terms of giving yourself that, that space to stop and pause. And I think with Lydia in particular, being able to give yourself that permission just to take it all in and to to be gentle and kind to yourself really struck me as being one of the most important things around self-care and our overall well-being and wellness. So I really hope you enjoyed this season. I've loved talking to each and every one of my guests. I think the key takeaways for me are quite simple. Listen to your body, take a step back and understand the bigger picture. Pay attention to your needs, wants and desires. Speak your truth. Get rid of the masks that you've been and the, the labels and the roles that you've been playing and just be yourself. And sometimes that might mean being vulnerable. It might be being a little kind of flat and a little bit low. It might also be about reaching out to your friends, colleagues, your kind of stakeholders and support network just to work with people in a different way just to be you know help them allow them to be your accountability partners i found this whole season really interesting because we've been talked a lot about the mind we've talked a lot about the body and we've talked a lot about emotions but when we combine all of those four cornerstones to our wellness self-care is critical taking care of ourself is not selfish it is life affirming so I hope you've enjoyed this season on the, on the Full Circle podcast and I can't wait to share more, get, with more stories, more guests with you next time in our, our follow-up season to this. But in the meantime, take care of yourself. Think about how you can kickstart your wellness and how you can make those profound choices that are going to make a difference to your life. And remember, you are in control. You do have a choice and it's all within your gift. Until next time.